Locked on Horn Frogs, welcome in. It is a Friday. Hope uh, the end of your week is going well. We're going to discuss a couple TCU commitments to the 2023 football class. We'll get into that in our first segment. Also, is the 9 p.m. Central Time TV window, is that what could save the Pac-12? We'll get into all that next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. We're rolling along here on Locked On Horn Frogs. I am your host, Stephen Simcox. Glad to be here on the show today. Um, let's start with TCU recruiting and a couple commitments this week as. Uh, It's been a nice summer for Sonny Dykes and his staff on the recruiting trail. You know, they've done a nice job. I feel like they've gained a lot of momentum. They've gotten some big-time commits. And it started on Tuesday. Cameron Cook, four-star running back out of Round Rock, Stony Point. Um, And I talked about him on Monday and his possible commitment. Uh, He's a four-star running back, 5'10", 180 pounds, had a really big junior and sophomore year was a first-team selection in District 25-6A as a sophomore um, and averages almost 100 yards a game. Had an impressive offer list. Picked TCU over Cal and Texas. That was his top three. Um, You know, I don't honestly know how hard Texas was really going after Cameron, but obviously, like, he's right there in the backyard in Round Rock. So I think it's a significant victory from that standpoint. Um, Cal, I know, had made him a priority. So they get Cameron Cook. They land him as a running back. Um, you know, Ruben Owens was a, a running back from El Campo that they really pushed hard for, missed out on him, but they get Cameron Cook. There was a funny moment. Cook did his commitment um, live on YouTube. 247 Sports broadcasted it. And he was, you know, kind of doing the hat dance and the pause. And he said he was attending – the university of, and then he paused for a second. I thought, oh man, well, I guess he's not going to TCU because I'd never heard anybody say, you know, the university of TCU. Um, And then he ended up saying the university of TCU. And I was thrilled. Um, Obviously, you know, a a big landing point for this class. And it's, it's the first true running back commit they have. They have, you know, some athletes. Um, Rowan Fullen is an athlete out of Gilmer. Uh, and he plays a lot of different positions there for the Buckeyes in the high school ranks. Not sure exactly where he'll end up at the next level. Um, and then Jordan Bailey is a really dynamic athlete as well at uh, Denton Ryan. He's listed as a wide receiver. So first true you know, running back commit in this class, um, and we'll see sort of how they fill out the offense. But some dynamic skill players, you can still see there's a huge emphasis on speed, on guys that have explosiveness and can make big plays with Sonny Dykes taking over in this kind of first full recruiting cycle. Um, Also today, Frogs landed another commitment, Kylan Salter, three-star linebacker out of Cedar Hill. Um, Frogs doing really well in the Metroplex this offseason as far as landing guys for that 2023 class. He had offers from Colorado, Arizona, Boston College, Kansas State, among others, but he decided to stick around in the uh, in the Metroplex area and play for TCU. Caden Salter, his brother, 
um, was a, a highly touted recruit coming out of high school. He's at Liberty right now. I believe he committed to Tennessee, though, and actually was there originally before transferring. Um, Kylan had some uh, flirtation with LSU. So, I mean, this was a dynamic guy. He's, as I said earlier, 6'1", 210. Um, track athlete uh, was part of their relay team this past spring, 4x200 and the 4x400. Um, Big-time tackler, violent, physical kid. So a really good week for TCU on the recruiting trail. And you look at this 2023 class as we sort of wind down. I mean, obviously recruiting goes on year-round, but we're approaching, you know, football season. And so there are juniors heading into their senior year that are kind of – a lot of guys try to get this out of the way before they, um, you know, hit the – hit, you know, the, the high school football season on full throttle. Uh, obviously, the coaching staff, they're still recruiting, but their priorities change and shift once the season starts because they're in game week mode. Um, but 17 commits, and now three four-stars, according to 247, Avion Carter, the defensive lineman, Ivan Morello Tassosa, um, Cordell Russell, the wide receiver from North Mesquite, Cameron Cook from Round Rock Stony Point. Uh, you know, they have a couple wide receivers, a couple tight ends, some defensive linemen. A big emphasis on the offensive line, especially that interior offensive line with guys like uh, Brion Ramsey Brooks and Nardo Stoker. So you see an emphasis on building in the trenches, which I think is a big positive. Um, still taking and offering a lot of dynamic skill, guys. And so what are you missing from this class? Well, you're missing a quarterback. Um, that's kind of the big roster omission that I see right now, and I'm, I know they're working on that. We'll see where that ends up. But um, I think a really positive, and it's not done yet, I realize that, but as we sort of barrel towards fall camp, really positive offseason for TCU on the recruiting trail, finding a way to stay in the conversation, to have some recruits. And Sonny Dykes talked about this. Um, you know, he wants to – he wants to stay local. He wants to build a fence around DFW, and that makes a ton of sense, and he has done that well um, this offseason. Not that every single person they take is from the Metroplex, but they've done a good job taking some local kids, and I think evaluating um, local players in a way that is going to you know, pay off for them down the road as we – inch closer to signing day. So two commits, Cameron Cook, the running back out of Round Rock Stony Point, Kylan Salter, the linebacker who uh, plays for Cedar Hill. Those guys are committed to the 2023 class for TCU. When we come back, I want to discuss realignment and where we are. Is the late night window what could save the Pac-12? We'll discuss that next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. All right, here we go, segment two. So, um... I was, you know, perusing around the internet earlier this week, and I came across an article from Stuart Mandel. And one thing about Stuart, he is a Pac-12 guy. He's a he lives in California. He's a West Coast dude. Um, so I think, you know, he has a love for that conference. He has some bias there. And he was looking at TV ratings for the Pac-12 and the Big 12. And he was looking at this. You take out. USC and UCLA from the Pac-12, and you take out Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12, and he was looking at the last six seasons 
and he just put together the average viewership from each team that was left over. And he makes the argument that the Pac-12 is more viable than the Big 12, you know, with all these moving pieces, because the Pac-12 has a lot of um, programs on their roster that are ahead of Big 12 teams in viewership. And so he says Oregon leads with 1.96 million viewers per game. Stanford at 1.83 million is next. Washington at 1.73 million. Washington State, 1.5 million. Colorado, 1.4 million. Utah, 1.4 million. Oklahoma State is the first Big 12 team to check in at 1.2 million, and they come in at number seven. Then Cal at 1.27. TCU at 1.22. So of the Big 12 leftovers, TCU is the second highest. But when you lump in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 overall, they come in at number nine. And the least watched team of the teams left is Kansas with 409,000. Kansas State also struggled. Texas Tech, that's kind of shocked me. Only 866,000 viewers per game. Um, you know, Texas is a big school with a large alumni base. I just thought it'd be higher than that. But anyway, all that being said, Stuart run down, runs down these numbers and makes the argument, hey, you know, for all this talk about the Pac-12 being a league that's dying, being a league on the brink, um, if you just look at the TV numbers, they're doing better. And he also made the argument, hey, last year, last summer, when the Big 12 was sort of breaking up, when that leaked, um, the remaining Big 12 teams sort of shopped themselves around and they found out that they were not the most desirable um, to other conferences. Okay, all that's fair. Here's what I would say in, in response. One, I think the Big 12 is currently more unified than the Pac-12. I feel like the schools that are left are really excited about where the Big 12 is headed and its future and think that the conference has a lot of leverage at this time. Um, I think the Big 12 has really good competitive football. Oklahoma State, I think TCU under Sonny Dykes hopefully is on its way to, back to being super competitive again. Um, you know, Baylor has had some good teams in the last few years. Um, Cincinnati is going to be a great addition. We'll see what Texas Tech does with Joey McGuire. I think there's some really good football teams and really good football programs in this league. Great hoops league. Fantastic basketball league. And Stewart even admits this in the piece. A big part of this is that the Pac-12 has a deal with ESPN. Primarily their games are on ESPN. The Big 12, as of now, I mean, they have games on ESPN, but a lot of their games are on Fox and on Fox Sports 1, which Fox Sports 1 is a ratings graveyard. Not a lot of people watch a ton of games on Fox Sports 1 unless, you know, they're specifically kind of seeking it out. There's not just a huge national audience for it. Um, There's good TV markets in the Big 12, and he also makes the point that this is – partly propped up, these ratings, by the fact that Pac-12 plays games at 9 or 9.30 p.m. Central Time on Saturdays, and they're really the only show in town. I mean, unless you're going to go watch a Mountain West game. And so there's a big national audience for those 9 p.m. kicks on ESPN. It's like, hey, you're winding down for the night. Great. I'll turn on some West Coast football, sit back and enjoy that, and it's sort of a good, like, into a college football Saturday. 
Pac-12 after dark. But I would contend that if you put the Big 12 in those time slots, it would also do well. And if the Big 12 is going to expand and add some more West Coast teams, then there would be more flexibility and ability for them to go ahead and, you know, fit teams into that slot, under those slots on a consistent basis. The other piece of this is Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, he spoke this week at Big Ten Media Days. By the way, Pac-12 Media Days starts today on a Friday. But Kevin Warren at Big Ten Media Days, he was uh, pretty honest in saying, hey, Big Ten is still looking to expand. And he listed off a few teams that they could possibly be interested in. But he was essentially like, hey, we're not done. We're not really done. You know, we're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen here, but we want to expand. And I imagine that, you know, Oregon and Washington will be a factor in you know, potential expansion. So I think the Pac-12 is vulnerable in a lot of different ways. They're fighting the Big 12. They're fighting the Big 10. As they try to stay alive and survive. And I feel like the Big 12 is in a good position. And I just think it's a better football league. I mean, maybe the brands aren't that great. But, you know, like Colorado, I would like to have them back in the Big 12. And I understand that they have some historical greatness associated with them. But bad football program. I hope TCU goes out there and just wipes the floor with them in September. They've been a bad football program lately. And I'm pretty surprised that, you know, 1.5 million people are watching them on Saturdays. I think a lot of that has to do with, the time slots and the networks that they're on. And I think if big 12 schools got that opportunity, they could do just as well. Coming up next week, fall camp starting guys. We're getting closer. It's almost here. Football season is fast approaching. I'll talk to you on Monday. This is locked on horn frogs.